Hey, this is Anquan Bolden. 88.3, this is the Wild Card Show, live from Super Bowl Radio Row at the Los Angeles Convention Center in California. And joining me is Nick Roa, former sports director, getting the duo back together. And across from us right now are other former sports directors, Joe Serralo and Isaiah Blakely. Joe and Isaiah, welcome, and we're so happy to have you back on your former station. Yes, sir. Good to be back. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much for having us. It's very appropriate you're having us on a show called The Wild Card because I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth this week. I've been in <laughs> podcasting a couple of years, so the FCC regulations have completely gone out the window. I was going to say, edit everything out. It's much easier. I was <laughs> going to say, remember where you are. Remember where you are. FCC <laughs> regulations are still in place. Nothing's changed uh, since you guys have departed. But uh, we're going to have to talk about where you guys have been since you've departed. Joe, why don't you talk about what you've been up to since uh, leaving the Bonnies? Yeah, so life's been busy, man. I mean, obviously senior year for Isaiah and myself got abruptly cut short with COVID. And so it's just been navigating life and the, the industry for the past two years, you know, been doing a lot of freelance broadcast work. I'm here with my show, Serralo Sports Talk, available wherever you get your pods. Plug it. Plug it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I've been doing a lot of great other stuff, too. I'm working on RJ Bell's network pregame out in Vegas and uh, making ends meet and plugging away. Shameless. Shameless Serralo. <laughs> Isaiah, what about you? What have you been up to? You've been you've been out here in LA for yes, a while. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm a production assistant at the Ringer, so I just edit pods for a living. Um, yeah, I moved out to LA in August. Um, How you enjoying it? Life is good. I can't complain, man. I mean, you guys are like two feet under snow. I don't even know what snow <laughs> looks like anymore. I haven't seen a cloud since I've yeah, been here. So. Like, <laughs> so I mean, I can't complain. Life is good. 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 Well. We're so happy to have you back on, and it's, it's, it's funny. We haven't really ever done a full show together, even when we were back at St. Bonaventure. So this is like, you know, full circle and beyond, you know, back at now here at the Super Bowl. Um, I wanted to talk about, you know, what this whole experience is like. Now, you're, Isaiah, you're, you said you're going to be kind of editing pods and stuff for The Ringer, and Joe, you're, you know, you're going to be doing the broadcast deal. What, what have you guys learned you know, since you've been here multiple times that uh, has really taken you and given you the experience to be, you know, pr pretty much well-oiled for this week? I would think, I think the biggest thing I learned was there's a few things that are faster paced than Radio Row when it's busy. And so everything feels a lot slower, honestly, for the most part. And I would say also, like, I think everybody at Bonaventure was harsher on me professor-wise than what <laughs> I is now. Like, honestly, like, I get it feels I a lot easier that. after you get screened up by Danny and Danny everybody. Yeah, that. just on my head, you know what I mean? We're, so, we're still dealing with yeah, it. Yeah, shout out Danny. That's my guy. But uh, <laughs> he definitely uh, and, and a lot of other my professors really uh, just put me in the right position to be able to, I think, do a good job now. Yeah, speaking of Denny, is he okay? Because he reached out to me like a month ago and asked me to be a guest speaker in one of his classes. And so when I heard that, I was like, is, is there something wrong with <laughs> Denny? So, something's got to be going down. He wants me to be a yeah. If he wants me to be a guest speaker, someone check on Denny and his mental <laughs> for me, please. Oh, that's that's gonna be ridiculous. Uh, you guys both keep up with the Bonnie's basketball? Yes, sir. Unfortunately, sadly, yes, right? Sadly, yeah. yeah. To be honest, Isaiah, I know you have a sort of. Bonaventure basketball podcast. Do you want to plug that too? Like yeah, so? check, out, <laughs> check, out, check out the debate is over, wherever you get your podcast from. We record probably once a month whenever I'm feeling like working on it. Um, definitely check that out. We get our jokes off. It's great. Uh, yeah, they're not uh, too successful this year, though. No. Um, Had some expectations. It's just disappointing. Because, um, yeah, like the expectations were too high, and like 
Did we celebrate Charleston like it was the NCAA tournament? Yes, we did, and that sucks too. Did we court storm um, against UB? And like, oh, that's a disaster. Yeah, and like we're acting like power. we're acting like AP polls matter. Throw them all out. Like I was about to cuss, and I'm on the radio, so I'm not <laughs> going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking to lose the bus some money, but like throw it out. It doesn't matter, and um, it just. I, I mean, the thing is though, like I think NCAA tournament at large stuff has been thrown out for weeks, weeks now. And so, like, I still think this team, when the lights get extra bright, can they turn it on for three or four straight days? I still think they can. But I need to see something down the stretch here where it looks like put a couple good games together in a row, and I can believe that they can actually do this. But right now, it's definitely grim. Yeah, program's in shambles right now, boys. I mean, this is <laughs> shambles. It, it is not good at the moment. But you know what? At some point, uh, Mark has to, you know, answer the call. Like, I love Mark Schmidt, and he's done wonders for St. Bonaventure basketball over, you know, nearly two decades now. But he's got his great five. They're not the Iron Five. You know, they're great, but use your bench, right? You, you got that transfer from Pitt. I don't want to butcher his name. Kulambe? Kulabali. Kulabali. All right, butchered it. And then Quadri, who is just such a talent. And it's like, use these guys, right? Utilize your talent off the bench. We don't have to play five. We can play seven or eight. There's no shame in that. I, I mean, it's just it's been a disappointing season. To go from Charleston to where they are right now really stinks. No. I just think that they've just all regressed outside of one. I mean, Jalen mm. Attaway has yeah. improved his game unbelievably. And you look at the other four in the starting five. Dom's shooting a career low. Jaron has his moments, but his past, his past two weeks. As of late, struggling. Shooting like 12%. Really Oshun, we've all talked about it here, is lack of rebounding can't finish a, he can't do a drop snap. Kyle's been hit or miss as well, but it's really everyone's Fantastic last game. Yeah. It was, was, it was really, really good last game. Um, yeah, it's tough because, yeah, I mean, Jaron struggled as late, which I think is kind of, he's kind of the key, I think. Like, he's their best kind of offensive creator in a sense, like a guy who can also distribute but score for himself at all three levels. Like, Kyle's shooting just isn't consistent enough for me to say he's a three-level scorer in that sense. Shooting's improved over the last couple of weeks. I'm pretty sure I don't have the numbers, but uh, just from a, a naked eye. But Shun has disappointed me a little bit. Um, I just – I'm watching them defensively. I need you to hedge on a shooter. I need <laughs> you to switch. Everybody else is switching. I need you to switch. I, I, I don't – that's where a lot, a lot of looks are coming from is guys are getting messed up in rotations because he's kind of sitting in the paint or sitting in an in-between spot. And so, yeah, I, I really think it's like the things they need to tighten up on are not massive things, but they just keep occurring, and that's the part that's frustrating. I think for me the biggest thing is like it's wild to think because Kyle, Oshun, and Dom all came in together, right? And they were going to be the big three, right? The Bonnies had a big three. Jalen and Jaron, to me, they mean more to this team than anyone. Like when the Bonnies are successful, it's because Jalen and Jaron are balling out. They're and the glow. Yeah, absolutely. And Jalen is having a great year, but – Jaron, him struggling lately, has, I think, been the difference for us in some key games. Davidson, George Mason, you know, it's like if Jaron, and, and I'm not putting it all on him. If anything, I want to commend him because he's really held it together at times other guys haven't. But if he could just step it up a little bit, him and Jalen can carry us late in the year when the other guys have been very spotty. I mean, you can check the box scores. Check his games where he scores in double figures. I think they've won all of them in the last 10. Mm -hmm. The games they've lost, he's not been in single digits. Yeah. It's it's almost that simple. And, like, again, I'm not pinning it all on him because he's not the only person who's struggling out there. But he's just that important to the team that he scores 12 to 15. They're in good shape. Now, Joe, you mentioned before that how, how much Mark Schmidt has meant to this organization and, and, and this team for the past 15 years. Do you think that, you know, 
as this team struggles, that any any accountability needs to be had for him because you know he has such high praise and he's he's one of the most famous people in only in New York, if you could say that. The most famous ever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, maybe maybe there's a couple Cutco executives that, that, are, that are higher <laughs> ranking, but uh, no, Schmidt Schmidt is the guy the guy in uh, you know, lower Western New York. But uh, do you think that there's any blame to be put on him for for lack of a better word? No. Yes. Absolutely. A hundred percent. There needs to be. There needs to be accountability. Look. One thing that I think the St. Bonaventure community does too often is they cut Schmidt slack when things aren't going well because of all the great things that he's done. And has he done a lot of great things for this basketball program? Yes, he has single-handedly turned, turned it around, stepped in that locker room with three guys on scholarship, and really built it from the ground up, literally. But in years like this, when he's got the most talented starting lineup he's ever had at St. Bonaventure, and they're underperforming to the extent that they are, Blame is on the coach because obviously there is a problem with motivation and there is a problem with discipline on this team. And I'm sorry, that always goes back to the coach. So, yeah, there is blame to be put on him. Uh, you know, I'm not going to crucify him for what's happened this season. He has still been a tremendous figure in Bonaventure basketball history. But this year is a big disappointment, and a lot of that falls on Mark Schmidt. And uh, Isaiah said it before, you know, he's waiting for Oshun to hedge on a screen. And that, at the end of the day, if you're not fighting through screens, that it comes down to effort. And these guys aren't, you know, trying hard enough on the defensive end like we saw last year where they held opponents under 60 points virtually every game. So if we're not going to see that, then there's no way they're going to regain their talent that they could win the A-10 championship with again. No, exactly. Yeah, I think, I think the effort on the defensive end has been very discouraging because it's very noticeable when they turn it on. And then when it's not on, it, it's so apparent. I mean, like... Even last game, what, they forced nine straight stops to start start the half? You see it. You see them getting through screens. You see them hedging a little harder. You see them crashing the glass a little bit better. Like, I'm not, like, I mean, and this is, like, a Schmidt quote to the absolute max, but, like, offense is fickle. Like, that is true, <laughs> especially on a team that can't actually shoot the ball very well. And so defensive intensity kind of needs to be on at all times, and that's why I, I kind of think, I think they're just a bit gassed. I mean, I think – um, I think fatigue is setting in a little bit for these guys uh, because they are all playing 35. I mean, it's a game, and it's tough when your offense is struggling. You need to be on, you need to have perfect possessions all the time. Like holding teams to 60 is great, but like it's tough. I mean, the goal like, is to put the ball in the basket. Yeah, I mean, you, you score 65, 70 points a game. This team would win a lot more games because, like, as annoying as the defense has been, we're kind of asking them to play perfect because the offense has struggled so much, and so. Um, I think it, it's a little bit on both sides of the ball, but I definitely think the defensive intensity has wavered more this year than it has in years past. Joe, there's only a month left until 8-10s. I want to get a prediction for the rest of the season. Wow. Wow. I mean, I'm out here predicting the Super Bowl, and now I, I got I to switch. We'll get to that. Uh, yeah, no, I know, I know we will. 8-10s, we're going to be playing on Sunday. I don't know if we're going to win that game, but we're going to be playing on Sunday. It's do or die. You know, I mean, do these guys – look, I, I know that technically they can come back because of COVID next season. They're not all going to be back. They're not all going to be back. We'd be lucky to get two or three of them back. Um, Go very your money. So, yeah, and, and I agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly. But it's like, you know, to a certain degree, this is your last go with a – you know, with St. Bonaventure on your jersey. And how bad do you want it, you know, if – are you going to be happy knowing that the most success you achieved in college was getting trounced by LSU in the first round of the NCAA bad tournament? Bad seating. 
Bad seed. Yeah. Both, both, yeah. Bad seed. Bad seed. Bad seed. Both teams. Agreed. No, a, a thousand percent agreed. But at the end of the day, it's what it was. Yeah, it and they got embarrassed. Yeah, <laughs> and and so it's like, are you going to be complacent and, and just accept that that's the furthest you went in college, or do you want to win a damn tournament game? Do you want to make it to the Sweet 16 like this team can? You know what we saw in Charleston was the talent of this team. What we've seen since is the lack of discipline and lack of motivation. You know, are we going to get Charleston in D.C. or are we going to get so far, what we've seen in conference play in D.C., that's going to determine it. But they'll be playing on Sunday. Bold. Isaiah, what about you? Man, this is tough, this, man. Cause you're so more level-headed, Bonnie. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're a little, little less optimistic than so Mr. Sorolo. So much can change. Yeah, and my, like, yeah my, my always like initial thought is to not be super optimistic. I want to say, I want to say they, they still make top four. Uh, with a couple, like I mean, they're they're still like a game or two out, and you got St. Louis twice. Got to win split, at least one of those. Yeah, you split that and kind of win the games you're supposed to down the stretch. I think you make top four. I think, I think if they make top four, I kind of agree with Joe, I guess, which is not this. This is a crazy pod if I'm agreeing with Joe. <laughs> I, I need to check my mental. Took um, me five years to get here, yeah, guys. <laughs> this is crazy. I, I I kind of agree because I I just haven't seen a team that I actually think is better than them maybe other than Davidson. And so, like, all right, so they smoke VCU. We'll see with St. Louis. Those are usually interesting matchups usually every year. Dayton stuff. Dayton is tough. Here's I, the thing about the Dayton game. I think game. we lose that game 100 out of 100 times. I think they're a horrible matchup for us. Well, here, here's my thing with the Dayton game. The, that was a great game for Dayton. If they could have made a single three ball in the second half, they're in the game. True. They, I mean, they're down 11 True. until six minutes to go. Score, score twice in a row. You're in the game. It was that simple. And so that was a great game for Dayton and an absolutely horrendous game for Bonaventure. Um, arguably both ends of the floor. They had a guy off the bench who averages six a game. What do you have? Almost 20? Bray yeah. or whatever his name it is. It was Vatek part two. Yeah. Like, I think, like, Dayton is a good team. But if that's one of their best games, I'm really not concerned. They literally caught Bonaventure's worst game. Their crowd was fired up, this, that, and the other. And so... And, like, Richmond, again, is also beatable. Like, I mean, you can it's it. just a beatable team. And, like, they have a tendency to choke when it gets the lights get bright. And so I definitely I definitely could see them playing on Sunday. If it's Davidson, it's it's tough. I mean, it's just yeah. a bad matchup. They hit the three ball. We don't. It, it kind of just comes <laughs> yeah, down to that. It does. And so I, – but I, I can agree with Joe. I, I, I do I do see a clear path to get into Sunday. Well, I love the optimism. Isaiah, I know you only had a quick 15 minutes. Yes, sir. Us, so – Thanks for hopping back yes on sir. with us. Before we let you go, though, <laughs> who's, winning, who's winning on Sunday? Oh, my God. I'm st I've been thinking about this for days because I've been picking against the Bengals probably every round because of how bad the old line is. And then, like, Joe Shiesty just pulls it out <laughs> and gets another <laughs> W. I'll take, I'll take the Bengals. Ooh. Okay. okay. I think my, my big differentiator is I'm looking at – Burrow and Stafford on the wall behind us. Stafford throws up punts in the fourth quarter. He just does. And, like, they're not, like, they're not going to drop him this time. Like, the Rams shouldn't be here. Should have been a pick in the fourth quarter. Niners run it out. It's over. I trust Burrow when lights get bright. I don't really trust Stafford when lights get bright. I, he just kind of has a tendency to make that huge mistake. And Burrow doesn't really do that. And so, yes, is the O-line terrible? They won a game with nine sacks. How, how much worse could it be? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Absolutely. I'll take I'll take the Bengals. I hate that I'm doing it, but Joe Shasey we trust. <laughs> Joe, well, Isaiah, thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Uh, 
break. Joe's going to stick with us, and when we come back, we bring in Carter Raymond and Tom Sipes to talk with former director Joe Serralos. Stay tuned on the wild card from the LA Convention Center. Are you looking for a delicious frozen treat at the end of a long day? Look no further than Simply Sinful Homemade Ice Cream. Located right next to the Hickey Tavern, Simply Sinful offers a variety of uniquely flavored ice cream, milkshakes, and Italian ice. Additionally, seasonal specials, ice cream nachos, and even alcohol-infused ice cream are featured items. Simply Sinful is constantly updating their menu with new flavors, including the new fall flavor, Caramel Candy Apple, made with caramel vodka, fireball whiskey, and apple cider ice cream. Follow and like them on Instagram and Facebook at Simply Sinful Homemade Ice Cream to track the latest menu updates. Be sure to stop by 100 West Main Street in Allegheny, Wednesday to Thursday from 5 to 8, and Friday to Saturday from 5 to 9. Also, for 10% off your order, mention you heard this only on WSBU 88.3 The Buzz. You must be 21 or older to consume alcohol. WSBU 88.3 The Buzz, we are proud to announce that we will be attending Super Bowl 56 Media Week in Los Angeles, California. Join us for live programming from the LA Convention Center from February 7th to 11th at 6 p.m. daily as we preview the big game. This is Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City quarterback, and you're listening to The Buzz. Welcome back. You're listening to WSBU 88.3 The Buzz. This is the wild card down here in L.A. We are still joined by former sports director Joe Serralo and now graduate of St. Bonaventure University. We're going to talk uh, something else. Now, Joe, you know, you've you've had a quite a career since you've since you've, you know, graduated from St. Bonaventure, but we have to talk about is this true you were part of a a, a pilot TV show? I was. I was. So, can you tell us about that experience? Yeah. So, almost a year ago, May of 2021, um, well, actually, let, let me backtrack it. I was at Radio Row in Tampa exactly a year ago. Right, right. Um, eerie scene, by the way. It was a ghost town, maybe 20 stations. I mean, this is eerie, and this is like 100 stations. That was that was really reduced because that was, of course, pre-vaccine uh, COVID period. And while I was down there, I got reached out uh, by a producer for Love Island. And I had actually ended up going through the entire interview process to be on Love Island I had gotten casted and selected for it, and then there was a scheduling conflict, and I had to bow out uh, because Ugh. of my stepbrother's wedding. Brutal. So I, I was really upset. You know, Love Island would have been great for my brand, my career, built up my social media pages to exactly where I want them, and uh, that fell through. But then the same producer reached back out to me, and he said, hey, I've got another dating show. It's not like Love Island, but it's a pilot for a concept. 
where you come on the show with a parent of yours. Wow. And the oh parent what? does the dating for you and selects who you end up with. What? So my dad, who's a former actor and a, a huge personality, he's the reason I'm in broadcasting now. My dad and I went out to L.A. for a week, and uh, we filmed a show where my dad got to hang around a bunch of hot 20-something-year-old girls and uh, try to set me up with one. And how did that go? I have a girlfriend now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, round of applause. Wow, applause. that's yeah. insane. Going on nine months, so uh, and she was not the one my dad picked. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, so he had to sell you. Is that correct? I mean, it's an easy thing to sell. Look at me, Carter. <laughs> oh, oh so you God. think he did a fair job? I think he did a great job. Wow. Yeah. Now, I got to ask, you know, what about your college education, you know, helped you out when it came to that, that dating show? You got to go back to bottom entry. Yeah, right? I, I mean, mean just, just my ability to speak and control the room. You know, if you can control the studio at WSBU, you can control a room of, uh, of 20 suitors trying to date you. Wow, that's that's an incredible story. I mean, that might be one of the best interviews we have all week. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe I just heard that. So where, can we, where can we find this? This pilot? Mm, yes. yes. So it has not been released yet. Okay. It is still uh, yet. sitting on the executive desk at MTV Studios. In the archives. Yeah, it's not in the archives just yet. But uh, I, I should know within the next few months if this is going to go to air or not. Oh, okay. my. Wow, this is great. Oh, when I get a copy, we're having a viewing party. Uh, yes, boys. we are. I, listen, I'll be yeah, there. Wait. Never. I'm the first one there. <laughs> it, it might be in Arizona next year. I mean, that, wouldn't that be something? That there we go. be something. Now... Joe, you have some other ventures uh, you talked about. You touched on it a little bit earlier in the show. Um, kind of talk about more uh, of, of what you've been doing with not only Sorrell Sports Talk, but you, you're now a NBA betting expert. Uh, expert should be used lightly, I, I think. It's a loose oh. term. Loose, loo loose term. But, uh, you know, talk about that. And uh, Your podcast just uh, got picked up by the Believe Podcast Network, if I'm not, correct, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so it got picked up uh, about a year ago. Okay. Um, yeah, it was right before last Radio Row. Mm -hmm. I got picked up, Sorrello Sports Talk, that is, by the Believe Podcast Network, which is great. I know you guys are going to have some of their hosts, uh, some former athletes that now host with Believe on later this week. They've got awesome guys on that network. Um, so, yeah, I'm honored to be a part of it. And then I'm working with RJ Bell and the folks over at Pregame doing two shows a week. It's my first paid gig in broadcasting, so that's exciting, uh, over at the Pregame Network. And, yeah, I'm an NBA betting expert, apparently. Mm -hmm. expert. 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 Is that right? I mean, I was 6-3 and three once. Now I'm 8-7, and seven, so times have gotten a little tough. Now, but some nights you eat well, some nights you don't eat, you know? Now, now Joe, i got to ask. I mean, as far as betting, like, I get football, but NBA is hard. It's I mean, hard as hell, got, Carter. So uh, what's your strategy to become this expert? Like, what, like how do you – What's your key to this NBA betting? Is there something that you have? Right. So this is a key for betting in general, uh, but especially basketball where there's multiple games a week, obviously not the case in football. You need to identify the trends before Vegas does. So the Denver Nuggets, right? Think about Denver. They are one of the best under teams in the NBA typically. But lately, the Nuggets have been absolute money on the over. So you don't want to get in on that when they're eight, straight overs in and all of a sudden the line's being adjusted from 210 and a half to 230 and a half, right? Right. You want to catch those trends maybe after three games, right? It's a good enough sample size, but not strong enough that Vegas is going to make a 20 point line move. So you want to catch that and maybe, you know, instead of 210 and a half, it's 213 and a half. That's fine. You want to identify the trends early in basketball. And then the biggest thing is check Twitter. Yeah. Because injury reports on, you know, reputable websites, sites like ESPN, 
are honestly awful. And especially in today's day and age of COVID, the injury reports and the last-minute changes to lineups are just so brutal that it makes betting a sport like basketball really difficult. Football injury reports, they're great. They're accurate. Basketball is a lot harder. So you got to check Twitter. You know, on sun, uh, Saturday, rather, I landed in L.A., and I was going to go to the Lakers-Knicks game. And the deciding factor for me was, you know, I'll buy a ticket if LeBron's playing, but if he's not, I'm not going to go to the game. And I landed here at 3.30 local time. It was a 5.30 tip-off. LeBron was out. So I said, all right, I'm not going. Yep. 5.15, I get a push notification that LeBron's in the starting lineup. That's how, you know, how last second these injury right. reports can be. So check Twitter. Get your best injury information. Know, you know, Donovan Mitchell, he's a guy who's been in and out of the lineup lately. Know who's in, know who's out, and try to beat Vegas to those trends. Now, let's stick to the NBA. Do you have any, like, future bets you've put out? Like, for example, like, do you have an MVP this season that you really like who's going to win? Or do you have a championship that you have? Oh, uh, you know, I don't have any futures out there right now. I will say I think the Phoenix Suns are going to win it all. Okay. Um, okay. I think Chris Paul is due for a ring. I thought last year was the time. It obviously wasn't, but I think that they're going to get back there. They've separated themselves lately. Other teams have come back down to earth a bit. Utah, Golden State, uh, even Memphis to a certain degree, which I love the Grizzlies, by the way. But I think that this is the year Chris Paul finally gets his ring. Look, there's no doubt he's a Hall of Famer, right? Like, that's well known. Everyone knows that. But to go in with that ring is just going to make it such a better day when it's time in Springfield. Tyler and Tom, this guy know what he's talking about? I think so. The record, while being a small sample size, it doesn't necessarily uh, conjugate with expert. <laughs> but, I mean, the guy, the guy does know his stuff, and I, and I will commend him for that. Now, I, well, I do want to ask you, aside from the NBA side of things, there is a massive game coming up. A lot of people bet on it. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's the Super Bowl. Uh, there's two teams playing in it this Sunday. Uh, what about wagers on that game? Because there's so much that you can really uh Put your where so many places you could put your money for that game. Uh, is there any early trends you might have, or you wait until the weekend to really figure that out? You know, I wouldn't call this an early trend, but Cooper Cup touchdown scorer seems pretty damn good. He scored a touchdown in 18 out of 19 games. Now, my one concern here is I hate laying odds on a prop. Right? Anytime you bet a prop, you should be getting favorable odds. What do I mean by favorable? I mean you know plus one something, plus two something, you know? And so a cup touchdown, the last I saw, is looking at minus 120. Now remember, bet responsibly if you're going to do so. And of course, now it is legal in New York, but you have to be 21 or older. Uh, last I saw it was minus 120. So maybe parlay that prop. You know, maybe take a cup touchdown with Stafford's overpassing yards or Burrow's overpassing yards or cup. I think he's at 102 and a half. I know, Tyler, you're big in the industry as well. That seems like a pretty, uh, pretty favorable line for Cup. I think he, he, him hitting the century mark is, is a good, is a good play this weekend. Yeah, look, I mean the Bengals' defense has been great, but at the end of the day, is Eli Apple going to stop Cooper Cup? He's talking is, a big game. I, he, yeah, but that's what Eli Apple does. And look, he made some big plays against the Chiefs, but Eli Apple is all bark, no bite, in my opinion. And Mike Hilton, you know, great cornerback, forces turnovers. Is he going to shut down Cooper Cup? Like, let's call it what it is here. Cooper Cup is right now the best wide receiver in football. I think he's overtaken Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. And if you want to parlay over 102.5 with a touchdown, I think you're going to make some money. Yeah, I mean, having a touchdown bet and minus odds is pretty steep no matter who it is. Yeah. That's some really good advice. Do you have somebody maybe not as, like, lower tier that could be a breakout, you know, big like a big-time profit on, on, like, a prop bet? Tyler Boyd. Okay. I love Boyd this weekend. I like that. I like him over like 39 and a half yards. 
The touchdown. That's the line? Yeah, 39 and a half was what it opened at. Now, wow. I haven't seen this in a few days because, of course, the apps don't work here in California. <laughs> so I made my bets in New York. But I got over 39 and a half on DraftKings. I like Boyd. I think he could find the end zone. The guy who I was going to take for a touchdown, CJ Uzoma, he's questionable. Yeah. You know, we're going to have to find out later in the week whether or not he's going to play. Of course, he got injured in that Kansas City game. But if he doesn't play, that gives even more value to the Boyd touchdown. I think uh, Tyler Boyd's going to have a good game. Awesome. Listen, the more you speak, this expert title seems more and more you know, reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> gotta, speaks well. He's, either he's, he's faking it well or he knows what he's Fake doing. Fake it till you make it. It's uh, L.A., baby. Isn't that what everyone does out here? Listen, we, we know Joe Sorrell's the king of faking it, but I think I, I, I like what you're saying here. So you like That's the Boyd good. pick. I, I, I saw, I saw like your eyebrows go up there. And listen, earlier in today's um, shows, me and Nick, Nick said that Cooper Cup wasn't a top five wide receiver in football, so I was thrilled. That you said that, what did you say, he was the best? That's right, this said. year he's I the best. It. He's the best this year. Better than Devontae Adams. I don't know Thank if he's you. the most talented, though. No. I mean, there's a big difference. No, he, he's not the most talented. Right. He's not productive. the most, most, Very productive. most productive. Very productive. Yes. But this year, yeah. I think all in all, he's the best. Now, look, Cooper Cup does not have the natural physical gifts that a guy like Tyreek Hill has, right? Cooper Cup running a 40-yard dash is not going to wow you compared to some other guys in the league. But Cooper Cup's game speed is absolutely mind-blowing. The guy, the way I like to describe him, and I talk about him like this all the time on my own podcast, he doesn't waste a step. Every step Cooper Cup takes out on the football field has purpose. He's one of the most precise route runners in the game, and there's something to be said for that. He's a better route runner than anyone, and that's I compare him to Devontae because I think those are the two best route runners in football. You know, he's slippery, but at the same time, he's tough. He's elusive, but strong. He is such a wild combination of every attribute you want in a top wideout. I mean, do we watch the guy block? Like, we know the Rams are an arid-out team, right? But watch Cooper Cup block. He's a bull out there. He blocks like George Kittle. I, I mean, it's yep. wild. So he's exactly who you want, and he's going to be a problem on Sunday. Last question for you for this segment. Just we're going to transition back to your personal life. You know, you've lived all your, all, pretty much all your life in New York. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, Coming out here to L.A., this seems like your type of environment. Would you, like, want to consider, like, moving out here or something? Or is there somewhere you're looking to go? Um, so right now I've narrowed it down to four cities uh, as, you know, there might be some career moves coming up in oh, the next, okay. next couple of months. All right. Stay tuned. And uh, those cities are New York, where I currently am, mm-hmm. L.A., Vegas, and Miami. Wow. It's um, a big group of four. That, yes, go big it or go is. home. Yes, yeah, it go is. big or go home. That's that's how I've always done it. Back to my days here at the Buzz. I mean, hey, <laughs> we got the Buzz to the Super Bowl five years ago, didn't there we? You go, there you go. go big or go home. Um, yeah, LA. I love it out here. This is already my third trip here since May, since I, I filmed that pilot, and uh, yeah, it's like my home away from home. I also am in love with the idea of being bi-coastal. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, New York and LA, six and six, or you know, some variation of that is uh, is just absolutely the dream. Now, well, Joe, you, you mentioned, you know, go big or go home like you did with the buzz, and we're here and so honored to continue the legacy that you guys put forward yep. uh, just a few years ago. The station's been credentialed for the Super Bowl radio row for the past five years now, and we only hope to continue that trend in the future. So we'd like to thank you for paving the way for us uh, just a few years ago. Yep. Well, thank you so much for saying that. Thank you guys for keeping it going. I'm honestly really proud to see that of the five buzz guys here, you know, obviously I'm very close with four of you nate getting to know you this week but you know nick carter tom tyler there's a reason 
that Isaiah, Steve, and myself handpicked each and every one of you for roles because we saw potential and promise in you guys, and you're going to be on to bigger and better things than we're doing right now. So, you know, you guys have earned every bit of this, and just soak it all in, make the most of it. Nick, I know you've been here before, and uh, that was cool being at your first Radio Row back in Miami with you, but to all you guys who were here for your first experience, just make the most of it because it is the best week of the year. We really appreciate that. Well said. Thank you, Joe, and we appreciate it. We'll be back after the break. Where we will interview the world's fastest man on two hands, pro wrestler and motivational speaker, Sion Clark. Oshuni goes long, and that's it. St. Bonaventure wins the Atlantic 10 tournament. It's a body party. 88.3, the buzz. Welcome back to the Wild Card here on WSBU 88.3 FM, the Buzz St. Bonaventure. We are pleased to be joined here by Zion Clark. Zion, welcome to the show. We're, we're glad to have you here. Hey, thank you, man. So, um, Zion, you, you were born without legs. Mm-hmm. Um, you have casual regression syndrome. Could you just explain a little bit, you know, kind of how that affects you besides just, you know, being born without legs? I mean, uh, casual regression syndrome is definitely, uh, there, there's levels to it, you know, um, with me, I'd, I was missing, like, a small portion of my spine, like my lower spine, and I didn't have legs. Some people can have the same uh, disability and be able to walk right upright, have all legs, and they might just be missing a tiny piece of their spine. Uh, it's different It's different for everybody, and with the rarity of it, you can never know, like, to what degree somebody has it. And, you know, you, you've been dealing with that, and you've actually been able to build up such a strong social media following mm-hmm. uh, with that. And, you know, with a strong social media following, you, 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 you see a lot of uh, comments and, and faces. And you know, not, not, not too often is the comment section always, always the, f- the most nice place in the world, especially for, for someone who, who's different. Oh, that's uh, why I don't really look at my social media com- comments or, like, I put stuff out there, that's for sure, on social media. But I got better stuff to do. I'd rather be out actually interacting with people. Absolutely. I'm more of a up in your up in your face with it kind of guy, you know. We appreciate that. And you, know, you started your your you know your athletic career as, as both a, a track star and uh, an all-American wrestler. Could you kind of talk about what it was like, you know, at, at Kent State, you know, kind of going up against able-bodied people uh, uh, with your condition? I mean, at that point in my career. You know, when I go up against somebody like that, especially at, um, at the co- uh, collegiate level, they didn't care. They was trying to knock my head off, and I was trying to knock their head off. At that point, I had asserted myself as one of the best wrestlers in the country, and it was it was all it was no hose bar. We all we going at it. And with track and field, I've been a professional track and field athlete since I was 18. I'm 24 now. I'm going into my sixth professional season. Uh, trying to become a world champion, get closer and closer every year, faster every year, stronger every year. Wrestling, I'm making a transition into MMA. Um, I can't, I almost said it, but I'm not allowed to say just yet <laughs> who I'm going to be fighting in May. But um, I'm fighting one of the biggest names in the MMA world in May to secure my spot in one of the top three fighting leagues in the world. So, you know, you, you talk about that. How has that Kind of how, how have you really transitioned from you know your wrestling career to to MMA and, and to, to other sports in general? 
I mean, I only, I'm only really a two-sport athlete when you think about it. Like, yeah, you might see me skateboarding. and I did see you skateboarding. Yeah. I, did a, I did a dive on your Instagram. You, I, that, you, took, you took a wipeout, but you, you gave it your all. How was, how was that? Oh, uh, yeah. I posted a video a couple weeks later, and I stuck the same same jump. Sweet. Yeah. But um, when it comes to being a professional, like being an athlete like that, man, it's, di- it's, it's different for me because – it's not, I, I didn't do things the typical way. You know, being a fighter, I'm not, I'm, I haven't taken an amateur fight. I've just been training with the most dominant fighters in the world, like John, not John Jones, but Mike Perry, mm-hmm. uh, Rampage Jackson, Chuck Liddell, oh, Anderson wow. Silva. Uh, just all these, like all, like some of the most decorated fighters to ever step in the cage. And they've been taking a lot of their personal time to teach me what they know. And I've been absorbing everything and just, like, recording it, you know? Just showing the type of work I can put in and I can do. You know, it's not every day someone that's 100 pounds can take down Rampage Jackson and uh, choke him out. And, hey, Rampage, if you listen to this, it's all (laughs) love, man. But I still need to work, bro. I'll let you know. But um, it's like, like, I do things different. Everything about me is different. That's why people are drawn to it you know you wouldn't want to go do the same thing that he did he does and he does and he does and he does y'all gonna get bored you know you want to like do whatever makes you happy but don't follow the norm do what makes you do what makes you happy but also sets you different from others because that's what makes you special what made me special was i didn't have legs but the fact that i was able to figure out how to wrestle Figure out how to fight. Figure out how to submit, and like completely use an unorthodox form of fighting that works is different, but it's special to me. We're talking with Zion Clark here on WSU 80.3 FM, The Buzz, St. Bonaventure here live from Radio Row in Los Angeles. Now, Zion, you know you're a motivational speaker. I know you make a lot of a lot of public appearances, but you know with you know being born with your disability, did you ever kind of imagine that? Um, it would kind of turn in, into this with with all the publicity that that you've kind of gained over over you know over your life. Uh, absolutely not. You know, um, before I was on Netflix and all this other cool stuff, um, I was kind of fine with just having a job detailing cars and laying bricks every day. <laughs> you know, I was your typical kid. You know, just trying to make it in life, trying to make money so I could pay bills. Next thing you know, everything got flipped upside down. So, and I had two options: I could just let it pass, or I could run with it. I decided to run with it to see what would happen. You think you're more happy now than you would be of laying brick or doing construction like that? I'd be just as happy with either, either or. Hmm. I'm content with my life. I was content with my life before the success. I'm going to be content with my life if I don't have the success. That's awesome. As I'm going down the road, I mean, what what more do you hope to accomplish here in, in the next next few years? I uh, hope to be a wrestling Olympic champion. hope to be a track and field um, champion. I want to be an MMA champ. Um, not even the next couple of years. Maybe in the next, like, five months, I'm going to re-break my Guinness World Record and, like, try to get a faster time. And for those who are listening, which Guinness record, uh, Guinness World Record do you uh, hold as far as I'm running I'm currently goes? the world's fastest man on two hands. Wow. So we're at Super Bowl Radio Row in Los Angeles, and there's a football game to be played in, a, in, a, in a, just about a week here. If you don't mind me asking, what's your 40 time? 
On 40? I can go 40 about like five seconds, five, that, six seconds. That's that's wow. ridiculously impressive. Yeah, the record, my world record uh, was 20 meters. I set that in about like three seconds. That's amazing. Moving about 10 miles per hour. Wow. That's a lot faster than me. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you'd outrun the both of us. <laughs> I'm too, not very so. nimble, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait till this football game with Snoop Dogg tomorrow is going to be epic. Yeah, we're, we're excited. Yeah, talk we're about excited that a little that. bit. How, yeah. how, talk about this, uh, uh, this football game tomorrow night and, and how excited are you for it? Oh, I'm I'm extremely excited. Uh, I'm like a lot of my boys I fight with. They all know Snoop very personally, so now it's just like my turn. And you know, when I talk to him, I'm definitely gonna mention my homies AJ and Joey and my coach Tone, uh, because like you know, mutual people. You know, Snoop has been in like that circle of people for a minute, and I don't know. I, re I respect the hell out of him. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of you know big name big name people that you've come accustomed to over the years, and uh, when I was doing that deep dive on your Instagram, I saw you did did I had a little uh, work done with John Cena. Can you kind of talk about that experience a little oh, bit? Oh yeah, that wasn't even uh, work. Uh, we were in uh, Arkansas, and we were speak. It was Veterans Day, and so John Cena came and spoke to the veterans, donated like five hundred thousand dollars wow. to this uh, mental health. Uh, thing that they had going on and it was it was just absolutely amazing that he really is for like the uh, mental and just all-around well-being of these soldiers for after they're like they're done serving their military time now you work closely with the wounded warrior project uh, no that was my first time uh, ever experiencing it oh wow uh, I got I got invited last minute my buddy his name is Devin we were in New York City and like the day before he left, he was like, hey, Z, you want to go to Arkansas? So I was like, oh, sure. <laughs> so next thing you know, I want to play in Arkansas. And we're just supporting all these veterans, you know. And the coolest thing about it, John Cena is giving his speech, and then these two uh, World War II military planes flew in at close range over this tree line. And as soon as it went over the tree line, kid you not, three bald eagles rose up out of the trees. Yeah, no, no way, like, that's insane. Oh, talk about some American. <laughs> <laughs> that's now, awesome. Now, now Zion, I, I have to ask you. So, you know, what does it what does it mean to you to know that that there's other you know kids or, or even just adults that that look up to you who who have disabilities, you know, who don't who can't walk like you. You know, what 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 does what does that mean? What does that mean to you, knowing that you're you're an inspiration to them? Well, I hope that someday they will get the motivation themselves they might not be able to do what i do but the motivation themselves to do what they do best and you never know what somebody's best qualities are that's for them to find out and that's only what they know nobody knew i was going to be a good wrestler nobody knew i was going to be a good track track and field athlete nobody knew i was going to be a motivational speaker i've had to find that out for myself so everybody has their talents like you do you do like you guys have your special talents it's all about how you can expose them and everybody if you get pushed in the right direction and you get mentored in the right way it'll be easier for you to let those talents out that's a great way to put it now you talk about the motivation that that, that you've had and the, the motivation that you're kind of trying to push towards others with that with with disabilities and, and and issues going on in their lives and i can't imagine that every day you know not only with your condition but as a person in general it's not always blue skies what what are you doing uh daily or or when you're down to really keep yourself up and motivated and to keep going if i'm feeling down i still go out and train anyways training makes me happy 
literally when you work out and you push your body to its limits endorphins get released in your brain that's what makes people that's what literally like chemically makes you happy when you're working out and you're actively moving you're active like that's a way to stay happy so i just work out every day i train every day and guess what every time i'm done yeah my body might hurt i might be covered in blood i might be bruised beaten up i feel good about myself you know it and that's kind of like my little secret to it i mean it's not even a secret it's science it's like scientific fact that working out improves your mood that's I, I've, I've experienced it a good amount before, but as you can see, I'm not the most uh, consistent gym goer uh, in my day. What, what do you have to say for, for, for those like me who really uh, are struggling with that commitment to go and work out, working out uh, on the daily? Starts with just making your bed. Okay. I've, I've heard that actually from, uh, from a, a certain military motivational speaker. That making your bed ha- yeah, no, is one of the biggest, biggest you, you stepping me, stones. You beat me to it. I read the book. It's called Make Your Bed. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same guy. Yeah, Admiral, uh, he was a Navy SEAL Admiral. Yeah, he had a ton of ton so of medals like, and decorations. Down, like, Saddam Hussein. And, yeah. Yeah, like, dude's a legend. So, yeah, that that's a great that's a great piece of advice. Absolutely. So now, of course, um, you know, this is Super Bowl week. Um, you know, do you watch a lot of football? And, and, and oh, so- let, me talk my, let me talk my piece real quick. Let's do it. All right. First off, I'm ready for the Bengals to take this yes, thing all sir. the way. Two, I'm from Canton, Ohio. So like Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I went to school in Maslin. My high school stadium. It was Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. We got a statue of Paul Brown, so you like, you know where I'm going with this. Yep. Bengal Stadium. Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. Statue of Paul Brown. Yeah. It's all Cincy, baby. Uh, yeah, it's it's all Cincy. <laughs> how um how big of a fan are you of uh Joe Burr, Joe Burrow? How has has he been? I'm definitely a big fan. Um I'm more happy about the Bengals being here because in my lifetime Ohio has two professional football teams I'm 24 not one time has either of them been to the Super Bowl since I've been alive until like this year yeah so like I'm pretty ecstatic about this awesome awesome Zion we appreciate having you on uh and you know thanks for the time Oh, no problem. And if we, before we let you go, why don't you give us a score prediction? We kind of can see where you're leaning, but uh, if you had to give us a prediction for your, for your Super Bowl. Score prediction? Yeah, what, what do you got? I would say Bengals play real good defense. So with that being said, I think the score is going to be, I want to say like 24 or like maybe like possibly like 30, 24. Like thirty twenty three or something like that. Okay, thirty twenty three. Like a close, definitely a close game. I could see that because uh, if, if you just look at their progression through the playoffs, every game that they've won hasn't been like, oh, that's a dominant win. No, it's been grinded out. Yeah, they grinded out to the very end. It's the thing between them losing and winning is just they know how to finish a game. Is that is that the Ohio brand uh, of athletics? You know, you just got to grind it out type wins. Yeah, I mean Ohio. You got to think, there's not much to do. Uh, you're the wrestler, a basketball player, or a football player. <laughs> and that's about it. <laughs> exactly. Well, Zion, it was, it was great speaking with you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on the show, and we'd uh, love to reconnect with you sometime soon, especially uh, tomorrow night at that football game. Absolutely. But thanks for having us. Yeah. Appreciate it, man.
Hey, this is Anquan Bolden, and you're listening to WSBU The Buzz. It could go all the way. And welcome back to the wild card on WSBU 88.3 The Buzz. We are going to wrap up our Monday here on Radio Row talking about the Pro Bowl. Who wants to get it started? Uh, the Pro Bowl was yesterday. Um, I'll just give my opinion. The event sucks. It does Horrible. suck, but if you've got a Pro Bowl sharp on the podcast like myself, who went two for two on Pro Bowl bets, mm, AFC, AFC money line was always the play, and the first quarter over 13.5 was the freest bet I've ever had. So I think it was a good Pro Bowl. Oh Plus, Mac Jones, the Mac Griddle, great for the brand. You're so fraudulent. This is outrageous. That You can't. The question was, what do you think? How, what do you think of the Pro Bowl? Not what do you I think had of fun, your bets. I had a fun time. Yeah, because nobody plays defense. It's not fun. No, okay. In all, in all seriousness, like the skills competitions are fun, but like the game's not. No, in all seriousness, the game isn't fun. But what can you expect? Like, game, season's over. No one wants to risk injuries or their next season or money by playing all out in a game that means absolutely nothing to them and get injured. So in, in basketball and baseball, you can coast. In football, you can't coast. Yeah. Is it worth it to continue? Not. It, it's just too much of a tradition to disband it. Uh, but Disagree. there has to be. How about this? Ready? Flag football, no pads. Yeah. So okay. So a lot of yesterday was it pretty much two hand touch? Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, it was. That's it, what it was. And what was the thing after the touchdown? So that was. Fourth and 15. So it was a fourth and 15. It was a make it, take it, right? Yeah. So you're putting all these gimmicks in the game to try try and make it interesting. And I just can't. I can't do it. I'll give the All-Star game some respect. It's gotten better than it used to be in the past few years. And it's a a fair competition. It's not one that I'll watch. Like for NBA, you mean? NBA. Yeah, I think it's like the dunks and everything. It's entertaining. Yeah. 2020 was a good game. Like It was fun. And it's it's fun to see all those athletes on the same floor. But football just doesn't matter. My thing is, I think you just do an AP first team, like the AP first team, and you get the Pro Bowl nomination. You still get the award, but you don't need to go out there and play stu- a, a dumb game. I mean, the competitions are fine, but I, I, I just don't, I just don't understand the need for such a bad product on the field. And I don't think it's something that that many people really look forward to. Is that correct? I mean, when I was like a little kid, I was like, oh, the Pro Bowl city, that's kind of cool. But I, you know, I quickly graduated from that. I was never like that. For me, it's always like MLB All-Star Game, NBA All-Star Game. Who cares about the Pro Bowl? Which All-Star Game do you like more, baseball or NBA? It's <laughs> um, a good question. I, baseball. I mean, because baseball, it's like they're actually playing. You can't not try in the baseball. Yeah, like, they're playing. Like, if you don't try, what? Like, you can't throw 80% like as a pitcher. Like I, I personally prefer the NBA, especially <laughs> with the new ELAM, the yeah. new rules. Yeah, it's I, fun. I, it might not be 100% effort the entire time, but as you saw a couple years ago, when it got down to, oh, the, this team needs 10 points to win the game, yes, no, that they was tried. Yes, but and, that's the only one in the last 20 years. But also, I also like the part where it's not 100% too because you can dunk and do cool, flashy things. You just can't do that in football, and you can't do that in baseball. Well, it's impossible to do that in baseball. I mean, you're seeing home runs, and you're talking to players while they're out in the field, and they, they do the best they can with you know, with, with what they have the ability to do. So I think one thing to keep about, like, the Pro Bowl, the competitions, I think, to an extent are, 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 are cool. Like, All-Star Weekend in the NBA is a bigger deal than just the All-Star Correct. Game, right? The dunk contest. Now, you don't have a dunk contest equivalent in the in, in, in football. 
which is disappointing. But I think they can still make a weekend out of it without doing the game. Do you guys agree with that? No, because NBA All-Star Weekend, right? I would make the argument the slam dunk competition is more watchable uh, than the All-Star I game. I think it might be uh, the most, uh, I don't know about uh, that. I mean, the three-point contest well, is more watchable than the dunk contest. That's an outrageous statement. I can't believe you just said What do you mean? What are you talking about? This is ridiculous. Are you, dude, are you serious right now? Who? No, but no, no. No, hold on. Okay, Who go tunes ahead. in on Saturday night to watch the three-point competition? It's about the dunk competition. I do. Uh, I'd watch both. Who cares about okay, watching Glenn years, Robinson doing okay, dunks okay, when okay, I can watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson I, I battle out from three? Understand. The three-point has come on for me. I'll say that. I have tuned in for it. Because it's become such a shooting league now. Yeah, and the dunk competition has been worse than the last The dunk competition is cool, but I would personally rather see the best eight three-point shooters battle it out than the best four dunkers. Okay, well, that's, that is personal. Because you can't, no, but think about it. You can't, there's only so many dunks you can recreate. Yes, it's gotten, it's gotten pretty Re washed So you're up, saying right? that the Steph Curry versus Buddy Heald three-point competition I enjoy watching them more shoot the lights out. Than yeah. Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. That's a one in a lifetime thing, though. Believe me, it happened twice. Uh, yeah, but those two dunk contests rank in the top five of all time. Really, Blake Griffin? That, that was a memorable dunk. Nate Robinson? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't give you these. Tway Howard? Three point contest? Okay, three point contest is more consistently good. Is well, I mean, it's it's yeah, like last year's NBA dunk contest was a bust. Right. It was so bad. Do you remember 20, uh, oh, I'm spacing on the year. Well, with like Will Barton they, and stuff. And John Wall yeah, and Paul George. That, yeah. And it was an awful dunk contest. Well, that's because they, ch that's cause they changed the rules. And it was like a team year. event or something. Yeah, they like ruined that. it. Oh, they did. that's right. Yeah. But listen, my point, to answer your original question. Okay. Point is, I, okay, All-Star Saturday night is more watchable than the All-Star game. I believe that. I also believe that the Home Run Derby is more watchable than the MLB All-Star. I, I agree with that. I, think I don't know about NBA. no competition. No matter, it, they really do 17 million different competitions. I mean, NBA has a full weekend of, of activities and to complement the actual it. game. Well, I mean, that's not true. I mean, I, th I mean, just, I mean they have well, the Rising Stars game. They have the Celebrity game. They have the three con skill comp the skill competition, three-point competition, dunk competition in the game. Like, that's a full weekend compared to, like... And NFL has 30 competitions, and no one watches them. I yeah, but don't, I cannot need But it's a bigger deal in the NBA than the NFL for the skills, though. I mean, it, more people watch it, though. Yeah, that's a, exactly. That's, that's but a fair point. But that, that's why I think you maybe just have to disband Pro Bowl weekends over. Everything. They it's a money grab. Yeah, Bowl, say, they will never disband it. Shambles. No, they will never disband the Pro Bowl, and they'll keep the skills competition going. The Pro Bowl will keep going. Maybe they make changes to where there's non-contact, so players have more of an incentive to try. There's maybe no there's. Contact. I mean, like, there was, there was, no yeah, but listen, if you put people in t-shirts and shorts and then had flags around them, they would be way more inclined to try it than with pads. I think that's a good point. Because there's a threat of getting hit still. In flag football, you know for a fact yes, you won't Michael get hit. Parsons did hit and there was a couple, I mean, I'm not saying hit hits, like you'd see, like any normal tackle was, on a normal Sunday, would be the best or biggest hit on last Sunday. Right. But... The th if the th you eliminate the possibility of getting hit, there will you will see an increased try. Not many people sit out though. It's not like that's the issue. No, I'm I'm no, I know, but you'll get a better product on the field. Yes, it, it doesn't matter because I still wouldn't watch it. You wouldn't watch it? 
it's on a Sunday where there's absolutely nothing other other than there is Piggy's basketball. I was enjoying the Africa Cup of Nations final. I yes. can tell you that, but I, I think I'm in, I'm, in the, I'm in the minority. I was enjoying the Bush Clash in the Yelling Coliseum. So let's talk about All Star NAS, or NASCAR. Oh What's what? Can you tell us? Like, like about about how the about their All Star race? What do they do? Like they have an All Star race, but like it. It's like two races. Like there's like there's the people who are like locked in on wins, and then there's like a qualifying race to get in the big race, and then there's like it's a weird format and everything. So, I mean, so my question is, do people care? Yeah, people care. I like, I mean, because it, it's still a race. I mean, you don't get points out of it, but there's still like a like a big prize pool. Like you still win a lot of money. What's the All Star Saturday? Like everyone goes in reverse around the track. <laughs> <laughs> they have, they have That's the funny. The cars. Yeah, they did that at yeah, Bristol. No, yeah, that was cool. So do more people care about the Pro Bowl? In like in their respective sports. More football fans care about the Pro Bowl. Oh, I I think NASCAR because because it means it it, it means more. Like yeah, there's no incentive to win the Pro Bowl. There's an incentive to win the race and the All Star race in NASCAR because you win a million bucks. Like that's an incentive. So like, if there's incentives for the players, there's more incentives for fans to watch. I just think the gimmick competitions are. It, it's become a gimmick. This stuff. Like the. There used to be a pit crew like tire changing. Uh, Competition yeah, for NASCAR I mean, for for All Star Weekend. But the, you know, okay, what do you guys think the Pro Bowl when they went and had like the ex players draft? Like Michael Irvin was a was a coach one year. Am I correct by that? Yeah. Did you was that a was that a format that they should do again? Because it tried to get them away from you know different teams and tried to get them away from you know getting more competitive again. And it's I think one year it seemed to work, but other than that, not really. I mean, you have to change the coach every year, right? Like, you can't keep Michael Irvin as energetic as he is every single time. You know? Right. I don't know. I, listen, I think these competition events, weekends, they don't work outside of you have the NBA, the slam dunk contest, three-point competition, um, whatever else you want to talk about. Um, that And then the home of is the most successful. That's because there's literally nothing else going on. Yeah. So, there's just nothing else going on. Well, that'll wrap us up here on the wild card. Uh, that was a wild tune card. In to, it was a wild yes, it was. Tune in to our uh, coverage next Tuesday, or on, on tomorrow, on Tuesday, from 3 to 6 as we uh, broadcast before the Bonnie's basketball game. Everyone take care. Have a good night.
California, yeah. California.